can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Uh, welcome back, Matthew. He's still here. Thank you for having me again, Joe. Um, I think we should be <laughs> setting expectations, maybe. Uh, I'm going to be here for a few episodes, I think. Maybe if you had to ballpark it, what do you reckon? I'm going to say... Yeah, probably probably a couple more. Yeah, I'm going to say three. Maybe we shouldn't say that. I just don't want listenership to drop. Yeah. Um, Hannah's still away on holidays in Thailand. Um, but, Joe, you said that if the listeners aren't enjoying their Beauty IQ experience, they can either message you or they can get a 50% discount <laughs> off their Next Door Beauty purchase? No, 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 no. All right. No. No questions asked on my no. end. How about if you just find me on Instagram, I'm sure we'll be able to work something out. Yeah, you just need to hash it out with anyone who has a problem with you directly. <laughs> and believe me, I have been doing that already. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just think, you know, this isn't regular beauty IQ, but I don't think that's the worst thing ever. I think, you know... You know what? It's like a summer series. It's a summer series and I think I get I get different things out of you um, mm. and I think like we're showing a different side of you to the listeners that they may not have known before. Like, Really? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to talk about things about like... Um, well, we can talk about how you like eating those cheese sticks. <laughs> what are they? I told you that in confidence. <laughs> the, uh, what are they? The bend Stringers. me, shake me. <laughs> anyway, you, you eat like... <laughs> Didn't you say you eat like five to ten a day, something like that? No, I eat like one a day and it's only a very new thing. Hattie and I were in the supermarket and we were like, oh, remember stringers? And then we just bought a packet and we just have gone through them so quickly and they're just really tasty. Does anyone, any other adults without kids in the house eat stringers? <laughs> I reckon they're one of the all-time top like Australiana snack yeah. foods you know what I mean like they, they have to be up there with the top like I don't know I'm what surprised else they're still around I think they've like just been consistently doing well there's been a strong <laughs> stringers fan base like you yeah. out there and so it, if Bega want to send me some stringers <laughs> <laughs> Hannah's sponsored by Femfresh and you're sponsored by stringers just like the weirdest <laughs> podcast <laughs> Anyway, speaking of um, brands that we like to give uh, free coverage to, um, last week we spoke about uh, Apple and my AirPods because I've had a little bit of a debacle recently. Now, this has happened to me twice and I feel like this happens to a lot of people and I just need Apple to get their shit together. So one of the AirPods just doesn't charge as much as the other one and it dies heaps quicker. So like I'll be wearing them and then one of them is still like alive and kicking and then the other one just stops working. And I don't know why that happens. And it happened to my last pair as well. What do I do? They're only a few months old. Well, they're dogs. I know. And also, I got to say, I don't have like the new AirPods, but... Yeah, that surprises me as an audio producer that you don't have AirPods Pro. Well, here's the thing. I don't mind. I, I don't want noise cancelling. I don't care about the noise cancelling. The noise cancelling is a game changer, I'm yeah, telling you. In what situation? I think I'm way too paranoid. When you're sleeping. No, when you're I'm sleeping. Way I don't wear paranoid. them out and about. No, yeah, if I'm like out walking like to the shops or something, I don't want noise cancelling. I want 
like I want to be able to hear what's going on. Same, same. I use them in transparent or transient mode, whatever it's called, when I'm out and about. But when I'm trying to go to sleep and there's noise, so you'll sleep then with I put your noise cancelling. Yes. Do you sleep on your back then or do you sleep yeah. on your... Oh, really? I mean, I'm normally a tummy sleeper, but if I'm having trouble sleeping and it's noisy, I'll just make myself go to sleep on my back and I leave my AirPods in with noise cancelling on. And they work. Even if you've got nothing playing, they just they block out the noise. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think that would work for me. I think I think I want to know if like the, a weird sound is happening in the middle of the night. Um, okay. Yeah. No, you are paranoid. <laughs> Guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did say to the listeners that we were going to put a question box in our stories about uh, cat names and their cat name suggestions because you've got a new kitten that we spoke about last week. Yes. And they really came through with some really good uh, suggestions. One of my favourites personally was Eddie um, because you already live with an Eddie. I thought that was quite good. That's funny. Um, And Cat Tankard I thought was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) I've been, like, um, not sure how going off cat tankard like do i name a cat anything that sounds remotely close to my name or is that super self-absorbed like i kind of wanted to name a matilda but that sounds too mm. much like matt you know what i mean like if i'm like but as i said to you you'd call it tilly not matt i just have a feeling i'd call it matt though and then that's just going into but that's your term. name so you can <laughs> yeah. actively avoid doing that so can i just say as well my nickname like a lot of my friends call me Joni, and matt goes the other day I think I'm going to call her Joni. I'm like, you do realise that's my name? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know. you. I never knew your nickname was Joni. Yeah. I think that's well, just something we have. I, I can live with that. I can live with my cat okay. being called Joni and your nickname being called Joni. All right. Well, it might just be a little bit confusing for I us. I thought but- your nickname was the best boss ever. <laughs> 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 a great podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting further segments on this podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, some of the serious names that came through, which I have pitched to you to mm. think about. Okay, so my top ones were Mabel, Penny, mm. Suki, Nixie, Pip, and Peach. And then one that I actually really liked that was submitted by Ali in our marketing team, her cat's name is Tortellini. So she suggested ravioli, which I thought was really cute. Very cute. Are there any there that you would go with? Because I just don't think you can do Joni. It's going to be confusing. Well, I think out of that list, my my top was Penny. But yeah. um, I told Eddie, my housemate and former co-host of Mr. Beauty IQ, that I was going to go with Penny. And he just said it reminds him too much of Big Bang Theory. Like the knock knock penny, oh my God. <laughs> and I just don't want people to think. I don't know. I don't want people to think I'm a big bang head. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair. Because that's the worst show ever. So I'm throwing that one out. I'm pretty um, sure Taylor Swift's cat is called Olivia Benson. So you could do like a you could do a double name. You could do a surname as well. What about yeah. Susan Boyle? <laughs> yeah, could go see no? Susan Boyle show. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> Danny Minogue, maybe? (laughs) Well, I mean, there's no... I mean, the whole long name thing as well seems a little pointless because I'm going to be shortening it anyway. So I need to find Mm. whatever name is perfect when shortened. I'm thinking uh, just as its own thing, Ava. Because Ava works short. I think it's a beautiful name. I can go with Ava. I I like Ava. I mean, that's really nice that you've named her after the one of the founders of Ultraviolet. Yeah, it's really it's, kind. It's got to have a reference to everything, doesn't it? Like yeah. it's just, 
<laughs> I, I, I'm not throwing, uh, you know, I don't want to anger the Beauty IQ listeners any more than I already have by being on here. And I know that they've, you know, dedicated time and given us names. And those are some great suggestions that you've given me. But I think, yeah, Ava. I reckon Ava's the way to go. Okay. Well, I think we're going to go with Peach because I prefer that one out of the list. So let's go with that. Okay, sure. Cool. Anyway, what's on uh, this week's episode of the podcast? Oh, no, no, Nacho, no, you're, you're forgetting um, our, our number one segment that you and I have together. Oh. Um, it is, uh, while Hannah's away, I feel like we're missing out on updates in her life. And yes. so I've taken it upon myself to do a bit of a news report in uh, what's happening in Thailand. Um, and I, I did this last week and I think it's a good idea to sort of, you know, we can, we can use this information to surmise what, she's getting up to right now i can see that bangkok is at 26 degrees um traffic Hmm. there's a traffic report coming in and out of uh bangkok what's humidity at that's important (sighs) 75 percent oh okay so 26 is 75 percent humidity is pretty hot yeah i was Um, thinking oh it's probably hotter here today but no no um, yeah, Bangkok, the the time there is like 5.30 or something in the morning. So traffic's really okay. low. Um, in terms yep. of things to do in Thailand, I want to give a quick shout out to, there's a blending workshop with Shivas um, mm. on February 3rd. So that's enjoy a whiskey highball or two while you learn about the history of Shivas whiskey, how blended Scotch whiskey is made and create your very own blend to take home with you. So that's at the Hive and it's uh, between 6 to 9 p.m. Um, you do need to buy tickets online. But that is my <laughs> Thailand report, Joe. What is on today's episode? Uh, On today's episode, as we have previously discussed in other episodes, we have had some listeners submit their ghost stories. So if you're a scaredy cat or you're listening to this to go to sleep, maybe save this for tomorrow uh, because we are going to be listening to their ghost stories. And then we're speaking to uh, Charlotte from Alpha H about acids and our products we didn't know we needed. I don't know about you, Joe, but I think we should be keeping up this paranormal theme while Hannah's away. Yeah, I'm liking it. I don't know what we would do to follow it. I did suggest that we get a medium uh, next week to go into your room to check out what the source of that are. And then you also said a priest and I said we are not getting exorcisms. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how much further we can go with this topic, but people seem to be interested. I think there's a really close... People who like beauty podcasts and people who like crime podcasts. So I think this is a really good mix. Um, If you hate it, though, just persevere. We'll we'll stop doing it soon. Um, Listen, newsflash to the listener. Not everything is going to be great and easy, you know. So if you're not liking this part of the podcast, that's fine. Just keep listening. Um, You know, by the end of it, you'll Mm. thank yourself for it. Okay. First of all, I love the podcast and I love that you're bringing ghost stories onto the podcast because I froth that shit as well. Um, so when I was straight out of uni, I was nannying for about a year for this family and they had two small girls who were three and five and they lived in this house that was actually quite old. The mom actually grew up in that house, but they revamped it. So it looked really new. Um, but I remember one night when I'd first started, it was maybe like nine, nine thirty at nighttime. And I was home alone with the girls and we were watching TV. And then all of a sudden we heard this crash in the kitchen behind us. And this candle that was dead center in the middle of the table had just fallen off onto the ground. And it was a big candle. Like it was, it didn't seem like it would just fall on its own. But anyway, I had to do the whole brave nanny thing being like, oh, it was just the wind. Don't worry about it. Even though I was freaking out. 
Um, so we kept watching TV, but the girls kept looking back and I was like, can you guys stop looking back? You're freaking me out. Anyway, a few weeks later, I was talking to the mom and she asked me if she could tell me something strange. And I was like, yeah, sure. And she basically said that the youngest girl, the three-year-old had said to her, mommy, who's that man in your bedroom who lives, he lives in the closet. Oh my she God. Goes, oh, do you mean dad? And the girl goes, no, the other man. And the mom was basically just telling me how freaked out she was. And I was like, that's really creepy. Also, by the way, this random thing happened the other night with the candle falling off the table and it freaked me out too. And we were both like, what's going on? Anyway, um, basically over the course of the year that I was there, a few things happened that were really creepy, but there was one in particular that I will never forget because I was so sure that I'd heard something, but I was home alone with the girls one night and I was waiting for the parents to get home. And I actually had plans with friends that night. And I was a bit annoyed because the parents were late and uh, we were just waiting for them to come back. And we were in the parents' bedroom because the girls liked to watch TV in there. I hated being in there because apparently someone lived in there. Um, but <laughs> so the, the staircase the, from the kitchen is adjacent to the parents' bedroom. And we all heard footsteps coming up the stairs. And I was so sure, like they were so audible. We all heard them that I actually messaged my friends saying, hey, the parents are finally home. I'll see you soon. I'm going to leave in a few minutes. And we waited. The dog was in the room with us. There was no one else in the house. I got goosebumps. And we waited. And then finally we were like, what's going on? So we opened the door and no one was there. No one was home. The parents were not home yet. They didn't come home for like another 30 minutes. Oh, full goosebumps so, right now. I don't know what we heard, but it freaked me out. What? There's is- no way I'd go back there. What is up with kids? I know, I know. Kids just have some weird connection to this world and it's so annoying. Yeah. Who's the man in the cupboard? No, we're moving or I'm burning this house down. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Either something paranormal is happening or, you know, it could be an affair. So yes. (laughs) either way, not good. Either way, it doesn't end well for anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a good one. I got real goosebumps from that. So we had a family dinner the other night and we were just saying how much we miss my mum who passed away nearly 10 years ago now. And my daughter-in-law said, I just saw the candle flicker on the table. And I sort of laughed it off. And then I said, okay, let's all hold hands. So we all held hands. And I said, "Um, mum, if you're hearing this, can you give us a sign? And we all sort of were laughing and just forgot about it after that and went to bed. Two o'clock in the morning, my husband woke up and he said, Renee, turn the the music off. And I said, what music? He said, it's coming from your phone. And so I got up half asleep and there was no apps open on my phone. And it actually turned, it was talk back radio. So they'd played a song and then speaking was coming on. And so there were no apps open anywhere and I never listened to talk back radio. So the only way I could turn it off was to actually turn the power off on my phone. The funny thing is my mum used to listen to talk back radio every night um, until midnight. So, yeah, I feel like I had got a sign there. <gasps> oh, my God. Full body goosebumps again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she was definitely visiting her there, I reckon. A hundred percent. Do you do you sometimes like get tempted to like call people in? I was at my friend's house the other night and I was talking about ghost stories with them and one of my girlfriends, her mum passed away a few years ago and we were like 
talking about ghost stories and then she was saying that she gets scared like she never really likes to think about it whether her mum is around or not and we just started like talking to her mum like in the room and so I'm like just keep an eye out for any like signs that might come up that she's around you because I fully believe that these people just are around you all the time. I know but then you're asking for it at that point. You're bringing them in. Yeah. Yeah. These people in this story, like around the table, summoning yeah. her. They, the, yeah, yeah, yeah you know what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> All right, next one that we're going on to. This is our last ghost story from our listeners. We really, we got quite a few and we had to like just cherry pick them because we couldn't do everyone. So, next one. Hey, BDIQ. So, my ghost story happened a little while ago when I was about 12 years old. I was driving home with my mum and it was quite dark and as we went to turn into our street I saw this car appear um, and go through these bollards that blocked off this grass patch which was pretty much impossible. So I said to my mum did you see that and she was like yes and we both described the same colour car make and model and even the number plates. We were so freaked out that we got out and had a look for this car, but it was just physically impossible for it to go through this patch of grass and bollards. The freaky thing was my mum remembered that about 10 years prior in a house about two doors down from this spot, a guy was unfortunately found, passed away, and he was in his car, and his car was the same colour and model as the one we saw disappearing to nowhere. Get out. Oh, all of these stories have given me full body goosebumps. I hope that's doing that to other people. Otherwise, the ghost here is taunting me. I know. I'm kind of glad I haven't experienced anything like this. I just don't know how you go on living a normal life when you've seen something that's like totally unexplainable. You're just like, well, what else is oh, going on? Like, how do you? Just, I know. Like, how do you do like your day to day when there's just like a, there's like cars flying through things? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, how, how are you supposed to? <laughs> it's a really good question. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. I really yeah. don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, well, I hope that you all enjoyed our ghost stories segment. We'd be open to doing one of these a week while you're still here, man. A hundred percent. And who knows how long that's going to be for. (laughs) But if you're getting too scared, let us know. If you're really, if this isn't your vibe and we've completely read this situation wrong, uh, let us know. But judging by the submissions, there's quite a few people that are interested in ghost stories. Tell you what's a a great um, watch recommendation as well, based off all this on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Watching like spooky dash cam footage, like from people's cars, like driving at nighttime. Uh, That's great. It's all stuff like that. There's also a series on, um, there's also a series on Netflix. Um, I can't quite remember what it's called. There's, I think there's like a butterfly in the artwork. But it's all about like the afterlife. Um, afterlife's actually also a really good show and season three just came out, by the way, if you haven't watched that with Ricky Gervais in it. But, yeah, this show actually like documents people who have said they've experienced like situate like ghost situations. Yeah. So would recommend that one as well. That's quite creepy. Cool. Anyway. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about the different types of acids, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today we're talking all about acids with the acid authority. We couldn't have picked a better person to talk about this. It's Charlotte Clegg, trainer and educator at Alpha H. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Our pleasure. I'm excited to talk about acids, one of my favorite topics. Um, Now we've spoken about 
AHAs and BHAs a lot on this podcast, but we thought we'd kind of bring it back to basics a little, but then get a little bit sciencey at the same time. So can you start by telling us what acids are traditionally used for in skincare? Yeah, absolutely. So there's lots of different functions for acids, but what we most commonly see in our skincare today is exfoliation and resurfacing. So quite active ingredients. Um, They're used to accelerate the natural processes that tend to slow down in the skin, like exfoliation, as we age, um, and stimulating production of things that our skin also slows down, like collagen, elastin, hyaluronic acid, um, and kind of changing the way that the skin would naturally like to behave as you get a bit older, so boosting those processes in the skin. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had to bring things back to basics a lot for me because I'm helping the co-hosting duties with Joe. So can you run us down not only what AHA and BHA stand for, but what they are, are as well? Yeah, absolutely. So AHAs are alpha hydroxy acids and your BHAs are beta hydroxy acids. So AHAs are water soluble ingredients and they work to resurface. They kind of penetrate and break down the protein bonds that are in between dead skin cells, holding them together and holding them onto the surface. Whereas your BHAs are oil soluble. So those um, are able to actually penetrate with inside the pore, break down those um, excess oils, that dirt, that debris that gets clogged and actually leads to breakouts, as well as helping to re surface on the top level as well so they do a very similar job but they are working quite differently in terms of how they work within the skin and with the water and the oil on the surface does that mean people who have like if people have more of an oily skin type they would use BHA or AHA more than the other? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really depends what you're trying to achieve. So it doesn't mean that if you're a more oily skin, you can't use an AHA and vice versa. But for instance, if your um, surface oil and texture uh, pigmentation is your main problem, you're going to go for your AHA because that works on the surface overall. Whereas if congestion is your problem, you've got lots of breakouts or you get quite a lot of blockages or excess oil within the pore, then your BHA is going to do a better job for you because it will work to counteract that excess oil at the same time as remove all of that congestion that you're experiencing under the surface too. So if someone's looking for an AHA or BHA in their skincare, what kind of names of ingredients would they be looking for? Um, So the main BHA that you'll see is salicylic acid. So that's what you'll see everywhere. It's very, very common in products aimed at an oily skin or products that are used for uh, breakouts, blemishes and problematic skin. There's a lot more AHAs available. So you'll see those on on a more wider um, spread spectrum. So glycolic acid, especially for us, that's our hero acid. It's probably the main one you'll see. It has a much smaller molecular size, so it kind of penetrates a little bit more easily. So it's very, very common um, AHA that's used, but you've also got a few others, so citric acid, acid, mandelic acid, lactic acid in there as well. There's lots of others that are coming to light on the um, market at the moment as well. Lots of fruit acids and more gentle options are appearing as well. I was going to throw a curveball at you because this wasn't on your list of questions <laughs> you received, but I was going to ask you about PHAs. Do you think yeah. that these are going to become like the new acid that takes over the others or do you think this will kind of remain in the shadows of AHAs and BHAs? I I think to say that it's going to overtake is quite a bold statement. (laughs) I'm not sure that it will go that far. I I mean, in terms of how much I know about the others, I don't actually know as much about PHAs, but Mm. polyhydroxy acids. So as far as I understand it, they're just a much larger molecular size, which makes them much more suitable for a more sensitive skin or a problematic skin. Mm -hmm. Um, I myself have had, you know, quite sensitive skin in the past and we are predominantly a glycolic acid brand mm. and I sometimes do have to take a step back. It doesn't mean that the product's not, you know, a good thing to be using, but sometimes you've got to listen to your skin. So I have used um, PHAs and they are incredible. They still do give great results. They're just not quite as intense as yeah. the treatment. So I think they are up and coming and I think they mm. 
definitely have a place, but I'm not sure that they will ever overtake the OG um, front runners in the in the market. And we typically see acids as exfoliating ingredients, as you mentioned before. Can you tell us why hyaluronic acid is considered an acid when it isn't resurfacing? Because a lot of people get confused by that. <laughs> we get asked this question so mm. often, and it's one that you know, you know, we all know, we kind of know, but it's hard to articulate the answer because people are so used to hearing acids as something that's very active and resurfacing. Mm. Um, but being classified as an acid is very scientific. It's all down to molecular structure, you know, chemical properties, what the pH level is amongst a huge array of other things. And we need to get used to the fact that not all acids are exfoliating. So it's just what we're used to. That's what we most commonly see them used for. So we assume that that's what they all do. Um, hyaluronic acid in its purest form, it's, it's found within the body. It's what's um, in all the fluid, you know, in your eyes, in your joints. It's a lot in the skin present um, naturally. But in its purest form, it has quite a low pH, which makes it more acidic on the acidic side. But we use it in skincare actually as a humectant or a hydrator. So it binds moisture to the skin. It's not resurfacing at all. Um, you know, frulic Acid is another another example of that. That's actually an antioxidant that we use to support and protect the skin mm. rather than exfoliate. So there are a few out there. We're just more used to hearing them described as exfoliants when we hear the word acid. What about people who are a bit sensitive as well? Like if, if people are sensitive to products like liquid gold, which contains glycolic acid, which acid mm. would, you, would you suggest they look for to um, introduce into their routine? Yeah, they have a couple of options. Um, and being sensitive doesn't actually mean that you have to avoid glycolic acid. I know for liquid gold, um, which we'll talk about in a moment, there are ways of using it that can be suitable for a sensitive skin. You've just got to know you know, how to manipulate it so that it works for you. Um, formula is really important as well as usage method methods, like I mentioned. But lactic acid is probably going to be your go-to. Mandelic acid is also another one that's great for a sensitive skin. And it has a lot to do with, as I mentioned before, the molecular size. So if it's a little bit bigger, it's not going to be able to penetrate as deep. So it's not going to be as intense a treatment. Um, PHAs as well, like you mentioned, Joanna, they're, you know, a good option as well because of their size. But you can also reach for your glycolic acid. You just have to take into account a formula that's buffered with lots of nice skin supporting and nourishing ingredients. Or for something like a liquid gold, if you dampen the cotton round before you put the liquid gold onto it, that's going to buffer the treatment a little bit. If you use it just once a week rather than the three times that we recommend using that product. And also we say to use it unadulterated, so not putting your serums or moisturizers over the top. But if you're a bit more sensitive, you following liquid gold with your serum and your moisturizer is just going to buffer the intensity of the mm. treatment a little bit too. So plenty of options for people that are on the sensitive side. Yes. So while we're talking about liquid gold, a lot of people do ask how to use it in their routine if they're using other actives like vitamin A, for example, what's your recommendation on how to put it into more of a well-rounded routine where there's lots of different products they want to use each night? How would you suggest using it? Yeah, I mean, you just the only thing you want to do is avoid layering lots of different actives in the same routine, like the same evening or the same morning. Mm. Um, my advice would always be to keep it on alter alternating nights and make sure that you're giving your skin at least one, but preferably two at least um, nights off during the week. So liquid gold, we advise Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's really easy to remember. If you can't even remember what you did last night, at least you know it's Wednesday. So that's my liquid gold night. If you want to introduce a vitamin A, you'd keep that on your nights in between. So your Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or Sunday. It doesn't mean that you have to use them every single night alternating. Not every skin is going to be able to tolerate that. Some robust skins will, um, but just making sure that you're listening to your skin and taking a step back from those actives if you start to get a little bit of irritation or stress um, skin, but alternating evenings tends to be the best way to fit them both into a routine. And uh, what are the key things you should know before introducing AHAs and or BHAs into your routine? 
Um, For me, the first and most important lesson is to listen to your skin. If you're going to be introducing anything new into your routine, especially actives, make sure that you're starting slowly and you're introducing those products gradually because it does take a little bit of time for your skin to start tolerating those ingredients. I think people should know that they're not as scary as they seem. Lots of people hear acid or, you know, exfoliation or peel or those kind of words and they think that it's going to be quite scary. But AHAs and BHAs are actually very often a more gentle and more effective option to exfoliating compared to something say like a traditional scrub that's actually you know abrasive on your skin and can cause um, damage mm. whereas your, your chemical exfoliation tends to be a little bit more effective but gentle at the same time so they're not scary and also consider the fact that you are using an ingredient that's designed to change the way that your skin is working as it is so it's not uncommon uncommon to see um, what we are known as a purge Lots of people will see like a breakout experienced after they start introducing a chemical exfoliant to their routine. It doesn't mean that that ingredient is what's causing you to break out. But if you've already got breakouts, you know, bubbling under the surface that are waiting to come out by removing those top um, surface layers, which you're doing with an exfoliator, you're going to start to see those breakouts sooner than you would have normally. So mm. a little bit of a purge is not uncommon, but it should clear up quicker at the same time. And also, I think this is, might be an unpopular opinion, but it's it's important to remember that not AHAs and BHAs, chemical exfoliators are not for everyone. I know that everyone's desperate to put every product on their face at the same time that they could possibly get. But if you don't have a need for an exfoliator like this, then don't use one just because it's, you know, the current buzz in mm. the market or what's going around doesn't mean you need it. If you're in your teens up until your early 20s, most people don't even need to touch an exfoliator like this at this time. You know, your skin's already doing that process itself without mm. needing any help. Um, so that's I think important before you start throwing all these actives into your skincare routine, just stop and think, do you actually need this at this point? Because that's another important thing for me, I think, for people to remember. SPF is important all the time anyway, regardless of what the rest of your routine looks like. But especially if you're using um, products that are going to start to take off those top layers of surface skin, you're going to need to make sure that you're protecting rigorously every single day, regardless of what season it is. So SPF, very important every day. Awesome. Some great tips there. Matt, do you have any other questions about acids? <laughs> I do, actually. Um, <laughs> Go on. What are people afraid of in terms of like, what are the risks of using, of going like crazy on the acids? Or maybe a better way of putting that is, what should people be looking out for if they're worried they are going too crazy on the acids? Like, is there something in particular that will definitely happen? Good question. It's a very good question, actually. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I say they're not that scary, but you can definitely do a lot of damage with them. And we've all been there. I certainly have. And I'm mm -hmm. in the know about how to use these products. So it happens to the best of us. Um, like I said before, introducing gradually and, um, you know, doing it slowly, starting with a couple of nights a week and then gradually building up is important. If you go too hard, too fast, you're going to go straight up into the adverse reaction territory and you're not going to see any good results with it. So the things to look out for, for are flaking of the skin, redness, um, where it feels irritated or even itchy. Um, and sometimes you in severe cases, you can even end up with like a an acid uh, graze on the skins where you've mm. used too much product or too concentrated in a certain space. And it's just really breaking down all those top layers of skin, which you don't want it to break down absolutely everything. We just want it to remove those dull ones that are on the surface. Um, so just, you know your skin and you know what to look out for. You know when it's being well behaved and you know when it's not happy. So just mm. make sure that you're, you're taking that time to listen to what your skin is doing as you're introducing new products. And there's no harm in stripping it back 
um, for a couple of days, letting your skin kind of rebalance and then reintroducing it. If you do get an adverse reaction, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stop using it completely. You just need to find another alternative way of introducing it to your routine without it doing too much damage to your skin. I definitely Mm -hmm. get people being concerned of like, okay, I'm noticing a change now. It's hard to tell if that's like a positive change or a usual change or indicative of using too much. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think just, you know, you know why you've started using them. If you're, if you're looking to get brighter skin, if you're looking to remove texture, if you're looking to reduce your breakouts, as long as you're starting to see those kind of results, even if it's happening slowly, then you'll know you're doing the right thing. Just be conscious of the fact that it is going to, you know, potentially change the way that your skin behaves. But you know what's bad for your skin. If it's irritating, red, itchy, mm-hmm. sore, those are never good things, regardless of where they are on your body. It's never a good thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. strip it back, listen to your skin and just try an alternative way of using it in your routine awesome well thank you so much for joining us today charlotte it's been a pleasure to chat no thank you for having me so my product i didn't know i needed is gua sha um it's the salt by hendrix variation it was gifted to me um, and I should say, you know, gua sha has been around for a very long time. Its origins are from ancient Chinese uh, medicinal practices. So, you know, I am not the authority in speaking about this, uh, just like anything else in this podcast. But what I have learned is, I'll tell you what, it really is good for reducing puffiness and um, what's it called? Lymphatic drainage as well. Like when mm. you're doing it across your face, it took me ages to figure out actually how to use it because I just assumed I would know how to do it. I was just doing it randomly yeah. on my face and I looked it up and I was just doing it like the exact way you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> um, but, and I, I also, I don't know if this is like an intended part of it or anything, but I have such a tight neck and I've got so many like yeah. knots and stuff around there. I sort of like run it up and down like the back of my neck as well. Yeah. And it fully does. You can do that. It, yeah. It fully does like um, mm. massage it in a really nice way. Yeah. Um, yeah. You probably know more about it though, Joe. Um, well, I mean, you covered it off. Like it's really good for people who are really puffy in the morning and need that kind of extra lymphatic drainage. It feels really nice as well because when you're doing it yourself, you can really get into like your jaw muscles. Like for people who grind their teeth, mm. it's really good as well when you get those really tight jaw muscles around that like masseter muscle. Yep. And I just really think it encourages um, circulation in the face as well. Yeah. So I just find it's a really nice little morning ritual. Um, the oil that I use with mine is the uh, Habitual Beauty one, which we don't stock at a door, but I have used the Murad and Dermalogica ones before with it as well. Yeah. Are the, which are nice too. The Because um, I saw that people use oils and like serums with it. Mm. Is it because, is that just because it helps it glide easier or does it actually help with the penetration of the products as well? No, it's it's really is like designed to glide along the skin, yeah. not be forced along the skin. So you don't want to create too much tension yeah. because traditionally in Chinese medicine, gua sha would create like a, um, I guess a graze across the skin or what looks like a graze, but we don't want to do that with our face, obviously. So having that um, product that creates some slip on the skin to mm. make it easier to glide across. So I'd say go for an oil versus a serum because a serum will absorb whereas the oils stay on the surface. So you can get through your whole face with just a couple of drops of oil, whereas by the time you get to the other side of your face, you the serum will be serum. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's mine, Joe. What's yours? Mine is uh, a makeup product this week, which I feel like I haven't really done makeup in ages because I haven't really been wearing it. I, do you feel like we're in a bit of like a self-imposed lockdown yeah. at the moment? Because 100%. everyone, I'm just 
I'm just trying to dodge COVID. As we said last week, like (laughs) we probably shouldn't talk about it because we're going to jinx ourselves. But the product that I'm choosing this week is MAC Lip Pencil in the shade Subculture. Um, Now, I've had this shade for ages and to be honest, I've only really started using it in the last couple of months. And I always found that I preferred shades like Spice because they've got that more of like a brownie tone. But I've been using this because it's closer to my natural lip color. So I just put the PCA lip booster over the top of this. So I use it to line my lips and then I just put the PCA one over the top, which is that $80 lip product that I have repurchased. Um, I know that that's ridiculous, but it's like the one thing that I treat myself with. I love it. You're sort of all across the spectrum, aren't you? Using the $80, like that lip booster, but then you'll also eat the Stringer's cheese. Yeah. You really are for everybody. I'm a really unique person, <laughs> yeah. Um, so subculture is like a much lighter shade than, um, you know, your spice and whirl, but it is a really, really nice colour and I feel like if you're not wearing much makeup as well, it's a it's a nice addition because it looks very close to your natural um lip color if you're fair skinned like me um, and a lot of people since I've been doing that have been like, have you had your lips done recently? And I don't know if that's a compliment or not I don't know if it looks like I'm overlining my lips or something but I'm gonna take it as a compliment I'm gonna look at it from a positive lens but uh, that's what I've been doing lately for my lips and also I actually wanted to share you know how I've spoken before about having BO yeah like I feel like I have BO so normally I use men's deodorant and um, my friends I was away with um, two of my friends the other week and I put deodorant on like in the room that I was sharing with one of them and the other one walked past she was like who's spraying men's deodorant and I was like oh it's me (laughs) she was like why are you using men's deodorant that smells like a man anyway so it really does smell very masculine so when I go on dates Mm. I borrow Hattie's deodorant because she uses female deodorant and I don't want to smell like a guy (laughs) But anyway, I bought this deodorant roll on the other day and the brand is Mitchum. It's just from the supermarket. Like I tried doing natural deodorants ages ago and I found that I just couldn't couldn't get through. Anyway, so I started using this Mitchum deodorant and it is amazing. I went into Hattie's room last night. I was like, smell my armpit. I was wearing this like tight t-shirt and I'd worn it to Pilates, worn it all day and she refused to smell my armpit, but it didn't smell like anything. And I was just shook. Normally I would feel like I really smelt at that point. And I smell really good. I'm shook. It's a little Mitchum deodorant. It's in like a green little roll-on. Definitely recommend if you're worried about smelling and you use men's deodorant as well. Do you reckon, Um, because you and Hannah have an obsession with hot man smells, does Rexona fall under that? Uh, yeah, my Rexona deodorant, yeah. Fully? I'd say yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, people, I like the smell of it. So do I. I think it smells great. I think all that, <laughs> I think most deodorants smell awesome. Yeah. <laughs> They're underrated, really. We should just be using them as cologne. <laughs> Joe, I wanted to talk about, uh, speaking of you and Hattie, mm. you guys have bought your own solarium for your garage or you're, you're looking to buy a solarium? No. Oh, no, the spray tanning. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you imagine if I bought a solarium? Oh, God. A spray tan machine, just to clarify. <laughs> Um, well, you can call it anything you want, but it's essentially a solarium, right? No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's a spray tan machine, whatever. <laughs> you can call it whatever A you spray want. tan machine. So, yes, we want to get a professional spray tan machine. Can't believe we never thought of this before, but we were sitting on the couch last night and we looked at each other and I was like, 
should we buy a spray tan machine? Because we were talking about a post that I'd put on Facebook 10 years ago and I was so brown, like naturally brown. I'd been going like sunbaking and stuff. And we were just talking about that. And then I was like, why don't we get a spray tan machine? Because one of my really good friends um, used to work at Tuscan Tan as a trainer. And she's like, I can come over and train you guys like, and you'll be qualified in an hour. And I was like, amazing. All right, we're buying one. We're getting it. So we're just trying to find out. We're doing a little bit of research on what's the best one and then what solution we want to buy. So, um, yeah, we're doing it. So we just thought it's probably a more economical way to do it because we're always buying fake tan. So we may as well just buy the solution. And when I posted that story, all of my friends were obviously like, oh, my God, you can do me. And I'm like, mm, that's not really yeah, what I'm doing. But yeah, sure. that's going to ruin the whole economic value of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we did say, look, if we charge $25 a tan for our friends and they come <laughs> over, we're paying our rent off, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit of a vibe. I'll let you guys know what machine we end up getting because I had a lot of people reply to that story being like, tell us what you end up doing. So I will. I'll do that. Cool. Uh, Joe, can you and I give a shout-out to – um? What was that sunglasses brand that uh, I really liked that, of yours? Oh, yeah. So I I got sent some paired eyewear sunglasses and they're like a an amber colour. Yeah. And Matt keeps, every time I see him and I'm wearing those glasses, he takes them off my face and puts them on himself and he yeah. really wants a pair. Which I think is only fair so, as well. Just for the listeners at home, I have... I've told you, you're going to have to work harder on your Instagram. <laughs> no, but I feel, you know, th- this is surely enough. I have coloboma, so I have a big pupil. One of my pupils is larger than the other. So I need mm. to wear sunglasses. And whenever I'm out with Joe, she won't let me wear it, which I just think is like insane because that's like literally, literally damaged, oh, literally damaged. Shame them into eyes. gifting you. <laughs> if anyone from Paired Eyewear is listening, Matt would like a pair of the nice and easy shades. Yep. Um, in the caramel color, I think they are. So. Yep. And I know that, um, you know, me posting it to my Instagram won't give you guys the same benefit as to someone like Joe or anybody else with a lot of followers. Yep. Yeah, that. Or, you know, if they just need any sort of like labor style jobs at their work, if they need like a valet (laughs) at the office, I could do that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Anyway, uh, it's been lovely to chat to you again, Matthew. Thanks for coming back and co-hosting with me uh we may or may not see you next week we won't make any promises or guarantees but we'll just see what happens i got a good feeling about it though i'll see you next week (laughs) thanks everyone for joining us today don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends it helps other people to discover us and also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast so if you can leave us a review that would be much appreciated 